Welcome, everyone. Say hey, welcome to all of you at all of our churches and those of you just joining us today. We are in a week two of our series entitled Better For It. And the question that we're addressing in this series is, what have we learned from the past 14 months that we would not have learned without this pandemic? What has what this crisis reminded us of that we had forgotten? Or what are some of the lessons that we've learned that we don't want to forget? Or what has this crisis squeezed out of us that we did not know was in us that we can learn from? Literally, the question is, how can we be better for it? I mean, after all, if you've got to go through it, you might as well be better for it. But here's what I know. If we don't stop and ask ourselves what we've learned, then we will go right back to being and doing what we were before the crisis hit us, and we'll lose all the lessons from this experience or any other negative experience that we have experienced in our past. And see, we don't want you to waste this pain, because the reality is, pain without gain is a shame. No, we want you to be better for it. Now, the truth is, the next time, it can be better than the last time, but not because you want it to be. See, everybody wants their future to be better, but intentions alone aren't really worth much when it comes to making positive changes in your life. The reality is this, is the next time can be better than the last time because you have an intentional plan to be better for it. See, without an intentional plan, it just won't happen. An intentional plan is what helps you evaluate your past experience and learn from them because experience alone, it doesn't make you wiser. No, evaluated experience is what makes you wiser. So there are three fundamentals to learning from your past so that you can be better for it. And we're covering those in this series of three conversations. Here they are. You have to own it, you have to rethink it, and you have to release it. Now, last week, we talked about own it. And we learned that if you don't own your part of the past, if you choose to simply blame other people for everything that's happened to you, what you end up doing is you end up smuggling your issues into your future. And what happens is when you smuggle your issues into your future, you just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again. So blaming never leads to a better future. So what we did last week is we gave you some homework to do to help you own it. And I really hope you did it because your best bet for a better future is to own your piece of the past. Now, today, we're going to focus on the second fundamental, which is this. It is to rethink it. See, whenever you come out of a painful situation and it requires you to restart or reset in some kind of way, one of the questions that you always ask yourself when you're coming out of that situation and you have owned your part in the past, you will ask yourself this question, what was I thinking? I should have known better. I should have seen that coming. That was such a dumb decision. What was I thinking? Now, the problem is, for most of us, we never pause long enough to answer this question in the moment. We just keep moving on in our lives and we just keep moving ahead 
In fact, some of you, the way that it's happened for you, you've been in a series of dating relationships where you ended up dating one person after another and they all end up having similar issues. And at the end of every relationship, you're wondering this question, what was I thinking? How did I get another relationship like that? Or, or some of you, you made some unwise financial choices. You, you bought a house that was a lot more expensive than you really could handle, or you bought a car, or, or you bought two cars, and now these monthly payments are adding major stress to your life. Or you went in to buy furniture, and they said, hey, it's 0% interest for two years. And so you decided, decided that you were going to buy more than you could pay for cash, and you financed it. And now that small print of that deal, it has kicked in and you are thinking every month when that payment comes in, you're thinking, what was I thinking? Why did we think we could do that? Or some of you, you've made some business investments and you thought they were going to be absolutely awesome. You told everybody, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. It is too good to be true. And it turns out it was too good to be true. And you wonder what was I thinking? How did I get sucked into that? See, the truth is, when we reflect on our past, a lot of our decisions, they don't even make sense to us. And so if somebody asks us, why did you do that? You don't really even have a good answer. But here's what I would like to challenge you in this second fundamental. And that is this, you need to figure out the answer because this is true. If you think the way you used to think, you'll do the things you used to do. See, if you don't change how you're thinking, then what's going to happen is you're going to end up repeating the same mistakes over and over again. So today what I want to do is want to help you pause long enough to think about this question, what was I thinking? And we want you to pause long enough until you can come up with a really good answer for it. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to look at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to some Christians in Rome. you got to understand, Rome wasn't exactly the safest place for Christians to be in the first century. So in this letter, the Apostle Paul, he explains, here is how you can learn from your negative experiences, and here's how you can be better for it. In fact, here's what he says if you want to follow along in your Bibles in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Here's what he writes. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, we're not very familiar with this whole sacrificial system but these first century Christians, they were. So they immediately got the imagery and the point that the Apostle Paul was communicating. He says, you guys, you've seen animal sacrifices performed at the temple where they killed a goat or a bird or a calf. And then they burnt the dead sacrifice on the altar. What he's saying here is this. He's saying, God doesn't want a dead sacrifice. No, God wants a living sacrifice. He, he wants you to take your body, your life, and fully devote and live it for him. He's saying, I, I don't, God doesn't want you just to be fully devoted on Sundays for an hour. He's saying, no, you need to be fully devoted 
24-7 with every activity you do. Now, here's the thing. That is a big request to make. So the Apostle Paul, he then explains how you do that. Notice verse 2. He says, to do that, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And that means this. Don't live like everybody else lives. Don't think like everybody else thinks, or you're going to end up where everybody else ends up in their life. Now, here's the thing. The reason so many of us end up like everybody else is because it is easier to think like the world thinks. It requires little effort to think and act like everybody else in culture thinks and act. To think differently is very, very hard. So the Apostle Paul says, part of your problem, part of the reason that you're not better for it, part of the reason that you repeat the same mistakes over and over is because you have conformed to the pattern of this world. But then he says, but here's how you can be better for it. He says, so don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the renewing of your mind, it brings transformation in your life. Now, what's interesting is the word in the Greek for the word renewing, it, it literally means to make your mind new again by renovating it. That's what renewing your mind means. That means if you want to learn from your past and if you really want to be better for it, what he's saying, it's going to take a whole lot more than good intentions. It's even going to take more than discipline and just trying harder. What he's saying is, you are going to have to renovate how you think. In fact, basically, you can think about it this way. He's saying, you're going to have to rip out the old way of thinking, and then you're going to have to put in some new ways of thinking. Now, here's the thing. If you have ever renovated a house or a car or furniture, you know that the end product, it can be absolutely amazing. But here's what you also understand. It's not an easy process. In fact, when I was a kid, I remember helping my mom redo some furniture. And I thought, man, that is the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. Well, then when I got in my 20s, I got this bright idea that I wanted to redo a car. And let's just say that will never happen again. And then some years later, Melody and I, we remodeled a house. And let's just say that also is not easy. See, the thing about how renovation works is this. You spend as much time most of the time, or maybe even more time, ripping out all the bad as you do installing the new. And here's the thing. While that is true for almost any kind of renovation, it is also true for learning to rethink it. In fact, renewing your mind takes time. Now, I just cannot overemphasize this. Renewing your mind, it takes time. That means the way that you think, it may not change overnight. In fact, what you've got to do is you've got to work at it for a while. And that's why most of us, we never do this. It's why most of us do not renew our mind. Matter of fact, when you're just coming out of a difficult or a messy or a painful or a negative situation, 
what happens is you don't think you have time. And you know why you don't think you have time? It's because you've bought into the time myth. See, whenever you're resetting or whenever you're restarting, here's what you believe. You believe time is your enemy. You think that time is against you. You think you've got to make up for time, but you're thinking wrong. The reality is time is not your enemy. Time is your friend. And you go, why do you say that, Paul? Because see, whenever you're hurting, what happens is, is you naturally become self-absorbed. That is just normal human behavior. So what happens is, when you're hurting, you become self-absorbed, so hurting people can't stop thinking about themselves. So what happens is, self-absorbed people make self-absorbed decisions. And, and, And I know you kind of start feeling like because you've come out of this negative situation or circumstance, you feel like the clock is ticking and you feel like that life is about to pass you by. But here's the reality. If you rush into that next relationship, if you rush into that next deal, if you rush into whatever is next without taking time to answer the question, what was I thinking? What will happen is you will end up making bad decisions again. If you don't renew your mind, you just can't help yourself when it comes to making bad decisions. You're just going to repeat them over and over again. Now, here's the thing. If you're still not convinced, I want you to think about this question. When you're renovating anything, what happens when you put on the new before taking off the old? Well, here's what you know if you've ever done any kind of renovation. The new never sticks, does it? The the new doesn't last. So you've got to take the time to renew your mind. And you have to discover that time is really your friend. Now, here's the thing as well that we need to think about. If you've gone through a big or traumatic change in your life, maybe you lost your job, maybe you had a death in the family, maybe you just had a baby, what happens is trauma coaches say, don't make any major decisions for like a year. Don't buy a house, don't buy a boat, don't buy a car, don't change jobs, because you need the time for your emotions to begin to subside so that you can think with clarity, because time is not your enemy. Reality is, time is your friend, and here's why it's your friend. Healing and renewing the mind, it takes time, but as hard as this is, when you do this, the Apostle Paul says, There is a huge payoff for taking the time to renew your mind. In fact, look at the next part of the verse. He tells us what it is. He says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, wouldn't you like to know what God's plan is for your life? Wouldn't you like to know what's best for you? Wouldn't you like to know God's will for your life? Well, the apostle Paul says, this is why it's so important for you to take the time to renew your mind. It's why we say it's so important for you to be in church every week where you hear practical teaching that helps you think differently about your life. It's why you need to read your Bible daily so that you can give God an opportunity to take the wisdom that is in Scripture and renovate your mind. 
It's why we say you need to be in a small group where there are people around you and they're supporting and they're encouraging and if necessary, challenging you to rethink some things. See, that's why when you came in today, there was a group's brochure in your worship guide. And we want you to look through it and figure out what is the best group for you to be in during this season. And I I just want to challenge you. You need to sign up for a group if you're going to be better for it. And you can do that through our app. You can do that through our website. You can do that on the Connect card that was inside your worship guide. Or you can go to the designated place on your campus in the lobby and talk to someone about maybe what group might be best for you in the season. Listen, here's what I know. You will never be better for it by doing life alone. And the other thing I know is intentions by themselves, they are not enough to be better for it. Discipline by itself is not enough. Regret and resolve are not enough. You have to renew your mind if you want to be better for it, if you want the next time to be better than the last time. So here's your homework for today. I want you to go home, pull out that notebook we told you to use last week, and next to last week's homework, write down this question. What was I thinking? And write it down and then list out all those negative circumstances or situations that you're having to work through right now. And then figure out the answer and write down what you were thinking when you were making those decisions that led to those negative outcomes. And this is so important because if you don't, whatever wrong assumptions that you acted on, they're just going to go with you and you're just going to end up having a repeat performance of your past and you will never be better for it. Now, if you don't think you can figure out the answer to this question, what was I thinking? Well, we're going to help you maybe think about some things that you don't even know that you're thinking. We're going to give you eight lethal assumptions that we hear people say all the time. And I bet some of them are answers to this question for you, what was I thinking? So I'm gonna give you eight. You probably wanna write these down and see if any of these relate to any of your situations. The first one is this. I just need to meet the right person. And I just wanna go and tell you, that's not true. You know what's true? Here's what's true. I need to become the right person. See, when you become the right person, guess what? You attract the right person. But until you develop the kind of godly character that you want that person you marry, the people who have that, basically that person you marry to have, the person who has that character will not choose to date you or to marry you. Listen, If you've had a history of jumping from one relationship to another relationship and they all end up looking the same, or if you just had a serious long-term relationship in, what you need to do is experts say, you need to take at least one year off from dating. And you go like, completely? Yep, completely. Like pull out your phone and mark the date one year from the day that you broke up that relationship and don't date at least for a year. And you go, why? Because you need time to rethink how you approach relationships and renew your mind. You need time, as the Apostle Paul said, to heal your hurts and renew your mind. Now, if you've recently divorced, you don't need to date experts, say, for at least two years. 
because there's a lot of hurts that need to heal. And there's a lot of renewing that needs to happen to your mind. But see, here's what I know. You don't think time is your friend when you divorce. You think time is your enemy, which is why most people jump right back into and sometimes remarry within a year or two. Let me just tell you, if you do that, you'll just smuggle your problems from your past into your new relationship. So here's another one. Let me give you this one. My situation is unique. And again, that's just not true. As a pastor, I can promise you that your situation, it has happened thousands of times to people. The truth is, I am unique. My situation isn't. But you know what we do? We tell ourselves, our situation is unique because and the reason we do that is it gives us this excuse to dodge the truth and avoid doing the right thing and just do what we want to do. But I'm telling you, that never ends well for you. So you'd better rethink this. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this next one we're going to talk about, and that is this. I know it's not right, but God wants me to be happy. Listen, I don't know if God wants you to be happy or not, and neither do you. I know he wants you to have joy. But that is a completely different animal altogether from happiness. I also know that God's primary goal is for you to be holy. And holiness, it means God wants you to have the same character qualities that he does. He wants you to be filled with his spirit so that you are overflowing with love and patience and self-control. But you won't get there by doing the wrong thing. So if you want to go ahead and think this way, go ahead. But you just need to know that you're just making this up. It's not true. There is no excuse for not doing the right thing. I'm going to give you another one. If only I had, you fill in the blank, I would be satisfied. And here's the answer to that. No, no, you wouldn't. You know how I know that? Because appetites are never fully or finally satisfied. You've never bought anything and said, that's it. I, need, I never need anything again. Because see, satisfaction doesn't come from possessions. Satisfaction, it comes from living God's purpose. But some of you, you you think this way, if only I had whatever it is, I would be satisfied. And it's why you're not satisfied. Now, let me give you another one that's maybe even a little closer to home. And that is this. I want makes it okay to owe. Like, I really want that. Matter of fact, I need that. So I'm going to go in debt because then I'll be satisfied and I'll have what I need. That's not true. The reality is I want is always better than I owe. See, you think I owe is better until a few months down the road, and then there's those monthly payments that are coming in, and they're creating all this financial stress, and suddenly you realize, I want would have been a lot better than I owe. Why didn't I just want? Because you thought wrong. You thought I want meant it was okay to owe. But it doesn't because it just creates problems financially. Here, here's another one that's related to that. They will loan me the money so I must be able to afford it. 
Well, we went to the bank and they told us they'd give us this amount so we can afford a much bigger house or a much nicer car than we thought. Or I called the credit card company and they raised my limit. And you're going, man, that is just so awesome, isn't it? And the answer is no, it's not. They, they tell you that because here's what's really true. They will loan me the money because their goal is to make money. Listen, they're not really interested in what you can afford or not afford nor is a bank responsible to care about that. They are in the business to make money. You have to take responsibility for knowing what you can afford in your budget. Let me give you number seven. Number seven is my secret is safe with me. Literally, my porn addiction, my alcohol thing, my affair, that one-night stand, my drug use, my cheating on my income tax, my stealing from the company, that secret's safe with me. Nobody will ever find out. And that is wrong. The reality is this. My secret will leak in my hurt, and it will hurt somebody else. Eventually, somebody is going to find out. And it's not only going to hurt me, but it is going to hurt other people too. See, people who rethink it, they realize the best thing to do is not to hide your secret. No, it's to drag that secret in light, own up to it, and deal with it so it can't keep controlling you and following you into your future. Now, I'm going to get really personal with this last one. It's number eight. Sex will solve it. In other words, people say things like this. I, I want this person I'm dating to love me forever, so I'm going to have sex with him because that will solve it. Or people say, I'm struggling in our relationship, so we're going to sleep together. That will solve our intimacy problem. Or, you know, I don't really know if I want to be married to them forever, so let's see if we're sexually compatible first because sex will solve it. Or our marriage is struggling, so let's have a kid. Sex will solve it. And some of you kind of laugh at that when you hear that because it sounds so silly. But some of you, you're really thinking this way. And here's what you have to understand. Sex will complicate it. Some of you know this from past experience. Sex doesn't fix problems. Sex outside of marriage, it just makes them more complex. It never solves anything. So now here's what I know. Everybody disagrees with me on something. But again, let me just remind you, I am your pastor and your friend. I have no motivation to tell you any of that other than to help you renew your mind. But here's what you need to do. You need to be honest with yourself because you don't want to keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again. You want to get it right. You want to be better for it. But if you think like you've always thought, you'll do what you've always done. So you need to let God, you need to take the time to let God renew your mind. And renewing your mind, as we've said, it takes time. So sit down this week and write this down. What was I thinking? And then be honest and answer it. And part of your answer might be one of those eight things that we just told you is an untruth. You owe it to yourself to do that. Because if you think the way you've always thought, you'll do the things you've always done and you'll never be better for it. Now, next week, we're gonna wrap up with the final fundamental for learning from your past so that you can be better for it. 
and that is to release it. You got to have a plan for dealing with the part of your past that wasn't your fault. You've got to learn how to release the hurt or you'll never be better for it. And as hard as that it is, I want you to understand it is possible and it is necessary. So next week, we're going to show you how. So let me pray for us and then let's go do our homework. Don't just keep wondering what was I thinking and not really stopping to answer that question. Figure it out. And then give God the opportunity to transform the way that you think. Because pain without gain, it is absolutely a shame. And we're not going to make that mistake. We're going to be better for it. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the truth from your word that helps us to understand how that we can transform our mind, how that transformation in our life happens. God, there are so many of us that we don't like the outcomes that have happened in our past. We don't like the outcomes that are happening right now. God is creating negative situations and circumstances and is creating complex situations for our life. We know, God, that you got a better plan. You said that your plan is you bring about transformation as we renew our mind. So I pray that you help each one of us to pause, to pause and say, God, today I'm going to begin the process of renewing my mind. I'm going to find out what are these lies and these false assumptions that I've been holding on to, that I've been making decisions based on. I'm going to learn what your word says. I'm going to keep coming back and hearing practical teaching I'm going to get in your word every day. I'm going to get in a small group and let other people encourage and challenge my thinking so that my mind is being renewed and I'm being transformed into your likeness and I'm being transformed to thinking the way that you think. God, I thank you that we do that. You can redeem all that was wrong in our past and we can be better for it in our future. We thank you that you love us enough to help us renew our mind. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. Hey, everyone, thanks again for being with us today. Don't forget to sign up for a small group. You need that in this season to help you work through the process of renewing your mind. Sign up for a group. We'll see you next week as we conclude this series. Have a great day.